0: what we do here is go back 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 it does no service to creating value for people where I came from if I won't say where I came from and so nobody thought any doubt this movie was gonna work and it did
1: one of my greatest struggles as a journalist is that I'm an emotional person and I'm a sensitive person This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 Knows. 10,000 Knows is built on the premise that hearing stories of struggle from people who most of us would consider to be successful is a way for the rest of us to realize that we're not alone. If you've already subscribed on iTunes and you like what you hear, please share it with others. You can take a screenshot of your phone while you're listening, post it on your social media, tag at Matty Dell on Instagram or at Matthew Del Negro on Twitter and Facebook, email it to friends, or just let people know it exists and how you found it. If you can leave an iTunes review, even better. That really helps. Either way, I appreciate you listening, and I hope you're as inspired by my guests as I am.
0: I, I tell people, and I believe, and I follow this, it's about timing, tenacity, and talent, in that order. Welcome to this
1: episode of 10,000 Knows. My guest today is photographer Jeff Lipsky. Um, I had known Jeff socially for a few years through mutual friends and all of our kids, but didn't even know that he was a photographer. And the night I found out, I happened to be telling him that I was planning to launch this podcast and the gist of its message. And Jeff, out of nowhere, offered to help me shoot the cover art for it. I, I told him my idea, he riffed on it, Um, You're going to hear more about that story and why we actually didn't use that shot, but we may use it at some point in the future. Anyway, I ended up in his studio in Santa Monica, and I realized that this guy has shot just about every big star in Hollywood. I mean, everyone. And in addition to shooting print campaigns for some of the biggest brands on the planet, he's extremely low-key, totally humble, but lucky for us, he decided to join 10,000 No's for an afternoon to drop some knowledge on how to succeed in any field if you truly love it. I hope you enjoy our conversation. So anyway, thank you very much for no. for being here. My Appreciate pleasure. Um, you know, these conversations kind of go where they're going to go, and we'll you know hit on the theme of 10,000 No's. But I, you know, we don't have to get into the specific one right now, but you were on a phone call as I was, you know, we were kind of like setting up the mics here and I just hear like, you know, <laughs> is it a beach here? Can we do this? Can we do it? And it was like, you get off and you you have this nightmare production. We don't have to say whatever is, is going on, whatever job it is, but how much do you deal with the logistics? Cause it's thinking of 10,000 no's Like, it's like, you're a producer as you, much as you're a photographer.
0: It's very much more of a, it's actually more of a production than it is about taking the picture. I tell people I spend, sometimes I spend 80%, 90% of, um, my, my work in pre-production and post-production and 10% actually taking the picture. Uh, so, you know, I try to align everything I can in my favor to take a great shot. And, um, Sometimes, you know, you're just trying to prevent accidents and trying to prevent things from going wrong as much as possible.
1: And is that something that you, do you loathe that side of it or do you like that, like, uh, hustle?
0: I I have a couple of sayings. I'm full of sayings, but I, sometimes I tell people, um, if it was easy, anyone could do it, right? Yeah. yeah. And anyone can take a great picture. You know, anyone has the ability to take a beautiful image. I mean, everyone takes a great image. It's about taking a, a great image um, you're being hired to do it. People's jobs are on the line. They're hiring you. There's lots of money going in, lots of production, um, lots of days of work, people flying in from around the world for you to take an image and you better, and let's say it starts to rain, you better take a good picture, you know, and that's, it's an outside shoot. You still have to be able to take a great shot. So, you know, the more prepared I am with things in my favor, the uh, better it is to execute and easier it is to execute. And then I can be creative and not think about it anymore. And when I'm shooting, then I can just be creative.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very similar to, oh you're gosh. reminding me of uh, this guy, Doug Emmett that I had here. He's a great cinematographer and he was talking about the, you know, getting getting something before the light goes down, you know, and, and he's, he's <laughs> sure. shooting, you know, films and TV shows and it's a, a little different, I'm sure. Uh, but similar kind of, you know, Oh, yeah. scramble in a way. And then everything's got to be relaxed. And it's got to exactly. have that image. How
0: does it feel so natural and organic when you're like panicked because you have three minutes before the sun goes down? Yeah. But that's part of it.
1: Well, and so, all right, <laughs> we've talked about uh, this before. Um, I had asked you when I first found out that you were a photographer, I was, you know, I think I said, well, how did you, you know, wh- what were you doing before that? You were in, was it Telluride?
0: I was in Telluride for ten for ten years. Ten years, yeah. And you were snowboarding? Oh, bliss! And I was one you, of the original were, snowboarders, really? on the mountain because they just had let snowboarding. You know, the snowboarders ride their terrain, ride on, on the mountain. That's how long ago it was. What, when was this? Uh, 90s? This was in eighty eight. Eighty eight. Eighty eight. Eighty eight. Eighty eight to ninety eight. Yeah. Eighty eight to ninety eight. The heydays of Telluride, and everyone still talks about those years. That yeah. was it. That was the. I still never skied Telluride. Never. Oh, um, oh my God! So ten years of and also being a fly fishing guide as well. I love saying that because that was like fly fishing, my guide. greatest passion. So where, so let's
1: go back. Where did you learn? Like where did you learn to fly fish? That's a pretty specific skill set.
0: Where, where did you grow I up? No, I mean Baltimore. I mean, there's not That's many right. Jewish fly fishing guide snowboard instructors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, i will tell you right. Um, I guess this, I guess um, you know the river run, literally runs through the town, and I've always been. I didn't even know what fly fishing was. I had an idea. And uh, I, had a, I have a very good friend who was probably one of the best fly fishermen in the world. And today he's still, he's probably the best. He's, really? His name is Frank Smethurst. He's like one of the greatest fly fishermen. He does movies and um Was he, he like, was incredible. Consultant on he like was insult, a consultant? He was a consultant. He was my friend. So um, uh, he might have been actually. Yeah. He might have been. Um, so we would. he was my fishing buddy. And he I just learned everything from him. And he was a guide as well. And then there was a tight knit uh, fly fishing community. And we all fished together and you know, became a raft guide and, uh, the river I guided, one of the rivers I guided on was like a, you know, I was a rafting and fishing at the same time. And it was, uh, it was great. It was amazing. uh, I I still take those experiences with me today. Always.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, And you were actually also just talking about, uh, Something you were shooting for? I don't. I don't know. We know what was it? Outdoor magazine mm. or or one of those. So you still incorporate it in your work? Sure. I mean, I mean you're I'm... still going. I, I remember seeing a, a picture at your. Oh yeah, your Jimmy place, Kimmel. Uh, well, oh, Jimmy Kimmel. What you got? You guys? Uh,
0: a call came into my agency asking uh, if I could go fly fishing with Jimmy Kimmel in uh, a <laughs> Big Sky, Montana. I was like, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, does they know I fly fish? Yeah. Did you uh, know? Did... Uh, no, I let him know. I I, I just sugge- let him know that I do like I did I did fish because I didn't well, did overtake it. The one I was going to say was uh,
1: what what was the Tony Hawk. with Tony Hawk? Oh, did yeah. you or you snowboarded? With
0: snowboarding. It? Uh, I, I mean, was, that's amazing. Uh, dude. Still one of the greatest assignments of all time came in from Men's Journal, and the photo editor gave me an email, and I still have the email saved. It said, um, "Can you go um, snow? Uh, Heli snowboarding with Tony Hawk for a week in Alaska." <laughs> And then the last sentence was, this is not a joke. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So um, Tony and I went um, heli boarding for a week in Alaska. Holy. And I I think I spent like 30 minutes taking pictures. Yeah. We just rode the entire time. D-
1: did you get good pictures? Uh, yeah,
0: I got great pictures. So would you say
1: that, um, would you say, I- I'm guessing that one of the things that makes you so good at what you do is exactly that, that you're. You're a nice guy. You're a fun guy. You're you're you know a lot about a lot of different things, and people probably feel at ease with you, and then you can get the shot. So you can go, you know, snowboarding for a week, which is awesome for sure. you because yeah. you get to snowboard with Tony Hawk for
0: exactly a week, and yeah. then
1: you take a couple pictures. But he wouldn't necessarily be that great with the pictures if he didn't really enjoy you and feel trusted.
0: Right? Well, that's part part of being a photographer is being trusted, and you know, being able to get along with everyone and, you know, believe it or not, as you know, most actors hate getting their photos taken. A lot of people do. No one, particularly actors, because they're standing in front of a camera that's not moving. And I'm telling them to do the opposite of what they normally do. Yeah, Stare into the camera. Yeah. And um, it's also, it's even harder when a lot of magazine covers, which I, I'm grateful that I get the opportunity to do, um, it has to be some sort of endearing um good moment for people to want to purchase the magazine. And so that, actually requires me to tell people, and I hate saying this, to be happy or, you know, to actually have an endearing look, a, I dare say smile. So how do you non-cliché tell someone to stare into the camera and give me a smile and take your picture for a cover of a magazine? So it, it basically comes it, it comes down to like hanging out and taking pictures and then capturing a true genuine moment of them feeling that way and not ma- not making it forced. And that takes time and that takes um uh, you know, you don't have much time, but to build a relationship with someone in a little bit of period, in a small period, is it something that you, you know, yeah, you have to do.
1: Yeah. And and now how many, like how many images,
0: oh, for yeah. example,
1: on a, on a, <laughs> on a typical, like uh, a magazine cover that I'll see at the supermarket, Okay, how many shots did it take to get that cover?
0: <clears throat> it, it changes and it depends on strictly, we're talking editorially. So it depends on the, um, the magazine because, um, nowadays magazines are actually obviously dwindling away. So they do more cover tries because they're trying to appease an audience or they're, they now like test the covers to see which one responds better. So they want more and more pictures. So I, I almost want to say I could shoot about, oh, you know, 40, 40 gigs and that's a lot. So um, I don't even know, 4,000 captures, 5,000 4, captures. 4,000 captures for Could one be up to 4,000 captures cover. to do a cover and a couple insides. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, that's it's amazing. ridiculous.
1: That's amazing. But, but You know what? It's like when people come to visit uh, a film set or a TV set, a lot of them are underwhelmed by the experience. Mm-hmm. like, God, it's so boring. You guys just you know sit around and wait and you do it over and over and over again. And you're like, but that... That is what it is. So it that's is what it just is. kind of your version of what's happening, uh, you know, on a film mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. Um, Back in the old
0: days when you shot a film, I shot um, ten exposures per. I shot ten exposures per roll with my medium format camera, and I would do four rolls per setup. So that would be forty exposures, which is unheard of today in the digital age. Because <laughs> film was expensive. And forty sh- 40 and, exposures. Yeah, and. and Back when we shot film, not to date myself or anything, and I still shoot film in large format, meeting format, still to this day, because I love it. Um, if you shot it in black and white, it stayed black and white. <laughs> you know, you, you know yeah. that, was, that was it. Like, there was no now going you, back. Yeah. You know, now it's always, you see a lot more color imagery because everything is, uh, can be either way. Most people want to see color for some reason. Yeah. More now.
1: Yeah. So... And so, so let's let's go back to like, how old were you when you? Did you always know you were going to be a photographer, or want to be mm. a photographer, or or is this something that kind of like randomly yeah. came about? Or,
0: you know, I never. uh, And when I was in high school, I think in ninth grade, I took a photo astronomy class, and I learned how to develop film, and I learned how to you know take pictures of the stars. I got a manual camera. And I had the bug. I had a dark room in my house. I just loved the photography in general. And did your parents? My do parents. It? My, you know, my my mom is like the archivist of our family, and she always was taking pictures. And you know, I grew up with with hundreds of pictures of our of our families, and my mom was the one responsible for all of them. So <laughs> she was always going through albums, and I love that tangibility of a photograph in the past. So I, that's primarily where I got it from was my mother, but. And did she teach you kind of uh, any of the? the No, Mm -hmm. no. I mean, I took one class in college, and then when I moved to Telluride, I didn't even think about photography. I just thought about you know snowboarding and fly fishing was my primary focus. But the one thing I um, wanted to want to say is that I learned that if you love something, you become good at it, and that's kind of like the heartbeat of why I became a photographer. That's something, it took me 10 years as, as, you know, being in the mountains and I was, you know, climbing peaks and doing all these things. And I became very accomplished at snowboarding and I became very accomplished at fly fishing because I love doing it. Yeah. And so I had this epiphany one day. I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, I think I want to be a photographer because I love photography. And I think it's the only thing that I could possibly do besides Fly fish so forth, <laughs> because I had that passion for it, and yeah. I said if I love it, I'm, I know I'm going to be successful at it. I didn't even have a doubt. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. that's that's uh, I I I agree with that. You know? I mean, that's um, that's kind of my philosophy as well. Um, I, I it's it's great to hear that because I don't think I think a lot of people, you know, will say that you know mm-hmm. you, you could say that but you actually are an example of that you know and and to do it on such a high level um and and you know i'm wondering right before we started you i have a picture over there with jeff bridges mm-hmm. and um not me with jeff bridges a picture of jeff <laughs> bridges dude. and you said you've shot him uh now i know he is a, an avid photographer as well oh, yeah. right i mean oh, he, yeah, has he like, sure is like uh all this, he's been shooting on all his
0: sets, right? For years and yep. years and years. Did you guys bond over that? Oh, yeah. I brought um, special cameras. I love, I, sometimes I, I do a little research who have, uh, you know, if I'm shooting, when I'm shooting someone, if I can. And I knew that he was a photographer himself. So I brought all my old large format, medium format cameras. And I shot just, them. Yeah, he loved like it. Like a he kid in lo- lo- a candy oh, yeah, he store. he loved it. He loved it. He loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still, you know, every once in a while, i break out the four by five and shoot some film i just did it with luke's with uh, mark hamill
1: yeah oh yeah i saw yeah. that on <laughs> is... on instagram yeah
0: you got it i mean luke skywalker you got to put him on medium format Come it's crazy. I mean, large format
1: well that's what's so, what's so uh crazy is that that i didn't even know that you did this for, so, for years you know and then to see all the people that you you know that you shoot it's uh it's it's really it's interesting and it's also you know uh i'm it's it's kind of like this this great dream job. And yet, um, yeah. you know, I know that it's got to have a ton of headaches with it. I'm sure you're dealing with all <laughs> kinds of personalities and you're dealing with all kinds of logistics and schedules and all of that stuff that could, you know, stress a normal human being out. Um, what What is it? I guess, you, you know, you kind of found this, let's say ninth grade, even if you didn't really mm-hmm. fully realize it then. Um, what did you? What what did what prompted you to head to Telluride? Was that after college or mm. was
0: that after high school or what was it? after college? I went to Boston University, BU, Terrier. Right. BC I, didn't even, I didn't even know that we had a football team until my junior year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it was a city school. Yeah,
1: no, um, I know. I went to BC, yeah, I was right. right up the street from and you. Flutie
0: was playing when I was in school. Oh, when wow. I was at BU, and um. I just knew I was obsessed with skiing at the time. I didn't know what snowboarding was. And I literally packed up my car after I graduated and moved to Tight Ride. By yourself? Um, with a good friend who I grew up with, who went to a different school. We went to the University of Vermont. And we both decided to go out there. And I stayed 10 seasons. <laughs> he, he stayed one season. And uh, he got he got a real job in the real world. <laughs> that- <laughs> and I just stayed. The irony
1: of that, my brother went out to uh, Colorado after, he went to BC as well. He graduated. He went out to Colorado and he convinced one of his best friends from high school to go with him. And that best <laughs> friend was like, no, 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 I'm pre-med, I'm pre-med. Right. no, they're still there. So he convinced him. They went out to Vail. They stayed for the the year, the winter. And then my brother came back and ended up getting like, you know, regular jobs. That guy who didn't want to go cuz he was pre-med ended up staying. He now lives in Boise, Idaho. He's a volunteer firefighter. He loves it. See? Absolutely loves
0: you it. You never know where the path's going to take you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you went out there with your buddy?
0: Went out there? Didn't know anybody? Didn't know anybody. Why tell you right. Um I knew t- because there was there's very few ski resorts in the world and obviously the country that um the chairlifts literally come into the town. Every th- There's a handful of them. And usually, like, there's a mountain, and then there's a town that's far away from the mountain. You know, yeah, there's always yeah. a village. And I didn't want to live in Vail, because that was, to me, not a real town. And Aspen was too big at the time. Um Ketchum might have that characteristic. You know, chairlifts come pretty close to town. But ride, I knew Tire ride was it. Park City
1: has that. Park City, the yeah. Going to town. But they've yeah. also got so many mountains. But that's also a not, tourism. It's, it's, it's also, yeah, it's a know, whole different thing. It's not like Sundance and all
0: that. A Tire Ride would still be a town if it didn't have a ski resort. Yeah. And that's why um, I just knew it was a real town. And I literally pulled up and I said, like, this is where I'm living. I had no doubt. And still to this day, is the most beautiful place. I've ever been. And when, you, I still go back all the time.
1: I was going to say, do you, uh, you go back? Yeah, okay. Do you ever think you'd ever live there again? Oh, of never? course. You do?
0: Yeah, yeah. But as uh, people say, there's a saying, you can't eat beauty. Like, what would I do there? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, the type of photographs that I would be, I didn't want to, I chose not to be an action sports photographer and a nature landscape photographer. I didn't want to do that. I chose to, um, you know, I wanted to be a portrait photographer, lifestyle photographer. I what was it about the, uh, it that
1: What was it about it that, that appealed to you
0: um, more than the other? You know, I, growing up, looking at at um, you know Life Magazine and you know all the imagery that went along with that. You know, seeing people's personalities. Obviously, looking at Vanity Fair later on, I was uh, influenced by Herb Ritz, the photographer. You know, even yeah. though I was in this small ski town, I I was you know looking at period periodicals and and you know doing research and, you know, find it. I used to find, you know, find my passion. I used to look at photographs all the time. And my actual, uh, my last year in Telluride, uh, my friend was a photographer for the paper, the Telluride Daily Planet. I said, Jeff, you know, I'm leaving. If you want to become the photographer, you know, you can have my job. I'm like, yes, that's what I want to do. I want to, that's a yes. So, uh, <laughs> I took his job at the paper. The advantage was you got to shoot the front page of the paper every day. Right. every day you got the front page, you know, <laughs> even though it was like a picture of like a squirrel or, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't much news being generated in tight ride, but it, 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 um, it got me going. And I spent a year shooting for the daily planet, which I loved. And that's was the whole crux. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm moving. You know, I was involved with this girl. We were living together. She was, she decided to go to, uh, Anderson school of business at UCLA. Uh-huh. I said, I'm coming with, I'm going to become a photographer. I'm going to move to LA and become a photographer. Little did I know at the time, like, you know, photography at that time, it was of the type of photography I wanted to do. You had to live. There was a thing where a stigma where you had to be in New York. I mean, there was a point where photographers wouldn't live in Brooklyn because you had to be on the island of Manhattan if you wanted to become a successful you know, it was it was partly fashion and partly advertising, but you had to live on the island of Manhattan. And man, has that changed? Because yeah, as soon as I moved out here, all the magazines started shifting towards celebrity, and sort of this photography shifted towards Los Angeles. And so I was just here at the right time.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say. So, so part of that was right time. Right place at the right time. Um, Right
0: place, right time.
1: I mean, obviously you were prepared or you had been doing this for so long and you loved it, but that kind of thing is something that's out of
0: your control. And sometimes that
1: goes with you and sometimes that goes
0: against you. Exactly. But I learned, you know, my whole thing is being passionate about what you love. You know, if you love what you do and you'll become good at it, you know, I didn't become a photographer to make money. You know, that was my whole thing. I just wanted to be, I just wanted to take pictures because I loved it. Yeah. And, um. So when I moved out here, I did have a lot of resources from living in Tyride. There was some huge advantages coming from a sort of a exclusive ski resort out here where I had, you know, one of my clients was Daryl Hannah. I, you know, taught her to snowboard. And, you know, she was- always, Oh, she was your snowboarding client. Oh, okay. I was, you know, yeah. and a bunch of people from uh, Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, Daryl was kind enough to say, you know, if you ever move to LA, you know, you can always take my picture. I mean, how could I not? Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and that is in the ni- no, that that's ninety eight.
1: Uh, so that's, that's ninety eight. That's, that's post. That's when did you do Splash? Was oh, way I think that was that, in right? the
0: eighties. Eighties, yeah. But you no, know, Daryl was, but she was still. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think long story short. I mean, I'd also I had friends that were a makeup artist. You know, that worked in the industry that would help me help me. You know, get a job with another photographer as an assistant. So mm-hmm. I basically assisted and volunteered at a studio. For two years, yeah, learning the trade, and and what was that like? Because that that's what
1: I like want people that are listening to hear. Because it's just so easy to go like, oh yeah, this guy's shooting all these stars, and it's great. It's like you one there, oh, there's yeah. all that time in, in Telluride, which maybe you didn't even realize oh, yeah. at the time, but that's kind of an incubation oh, period because sure. those are the relationships that relationships. and but you then know, the, the assisting, you know, the what assisting was, that was like?
0: huge. It was everything. And I recommend, you know, I, I I'm for I'm lucky enough where I get asked to speak. I'll go to art center and do a little thing, and or I'll go to a school. And I always say the first thing that comes to my mind is you got to assist. You got to work with other. You got to apprentice because that's how you learned learn what mistakes not to make or what you know. You learn your mistakes assisting. You know, I've had I have horror stories of being an assistant, like things, you know, story after story. But I learned so much. I learned how to not only light a set and handle cameras and load film and this and that, but I also learned from obser- you know, observing the photographer handle the client, yeah. work with the subject. For, like, better, and for, for better and for worse. For better and for worse. I saw photographers that were disasters, and yet they were still successful. I'm like, why are they so successful? Or I see photographers that weren't successful, that were so amazing. Why weren't they successful when they're so good at what they do? Like Everyone has their niche, and everyone does you know, things differently. What was you
1: think, that would make a... Like when you say someone, they were, they were
0: terrible to the clients and then they were still yeah great. They mm-hmm. were just great photographers. They were, sometimes. They just knew how to capture They the knew image. how to capture the image. Some, and that was a different age. You could be a photographer and be a total ass. I've seen people be so mean to the client, so mean to everyone, but the end result, they took a beautiful image and they would get hired again. I was like, God, how can I, uh, I could never do that. Like I'd have to t- treat people nice. Yeah, you know, there's always people who are are not nice, and they they just do whatever they can for themselves to get that that great image, and you know that has changed. You see, there's photographers that are not being hired because people don't want to have them on set because they're not, why should they be around someone who's not nice or yeah. is being mean to people just because they can get a good image. And it's about being able to do both. It's about being compassionate, being you know working with someone and collaborating with someone to get a nice image. Like when I have a subject that is feeling really uncomfortable, I will never try to push them too hard. Like my goal is to make them as feel as comfortable as possible so that I can get a beautiful image from them. Some people will push a subject in the opposite direction because they want to get something, you know, they want, they're, they're pushing them too hard and they want to get that angst, yeah, yeah. which I respect in in art form, but that's not who I am as a person. Yeah. And I would see, you know, the people that did that. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, I just can't. I couldn't yell at my my team. You know, yeah. I try to treat people how I want to be treated.
1: Yeah. What, but do you learned. you must run a, a tight ship though. I mean, I imagine oh, yeah. you wouldn't get anything done if you weren't able to give orders
0: and be oh, sure.
1: specific. But but you just do it in there's a way a, that's kind. There's a right way to passionate. delegate
0: and a wrong way to delegate and yeah. and also knowing, you know, it's as soon as um a magical thing happens as soon as a camera goes in a photographer's hand, they change. They change no matter what. Like, cause you get tunnel vision and you're looking through this little viewfinder and you, you're trying to get the shot. So you wind up yelling and you're trying to do it. You, you're trying to explain what you need on set to get the image that you need. And part through experience is learning how to communicate with people around you, behind you on set and communicating with the people that are in front of you, like your subjects and having it all to come together Unlike shooting on a film, you know, where you have a gaffer and you have a cinematographer and everything, the beauty about being a photographer is you're sort of everything. You know, you have your team of people around you, but you're physically taking the picture with the camera. You're physically changing your lens. You're physically talking to your subject. You're physically talking to the crew behind you to change the lights. So you're sort of like a one-man band. Yeah, and that's the attraction of of this art. This what I do is like you kind of have full control over everything. And if you don't, if you're missing any of those components, sure you can fill them in with people that are experienced. But it's the great photographers that I loved are the ones that can do it. They know how to do it all. Yeah, and that's the school of thought. That and those are the people that I used to work for as an assistant.
1: I I was going to say you you had told me there were some some names that I I knew. Uh, mm-hmm. That you worked for, and and how did they? Who who were some of the ones where you really learned some lessons, and what what were those <laughs> lessons? but you... Um,
0: you know, I worked with it's so such a great range, which was so nice. I didn't work for one photographer for two. Yeah, I worked for some photographers for a couple of years, but during that period, I would always work with others too, because it's nice to have a contract, compare and contrast. Yeah, you know, I did a lot of the Rolling Stone covers with Mark Seliger. I did a lot of. Um, the Vanity Fair and GQ covers, I work with Sam Jones, a lot of local people. Um, Albert Watson, and I got the privilege to work with on fashion shoots.
1: Wait, is Sam um, Jones the same Sam Jones? Sam that lives does up the, the street. <laughs> does, and, and does he do, sure. uh, he has the, yeah. the thing uh-huh. on um, the interview yep. show? Yep.
0: yep, He was one of the last um, f- um, photographers I ever assisted.
1: I didn't realize that he was a photographer first. And, uh, oh, yeah. He's the he guy he has in the, the, the interview day. show now, right? Yep, had, yep, That's yeah, yeah, on yeah, the interview yeah, yeah. Uh, he's Ron man. Howard
0: is great. Yep. I call it, we talk all the time. Oh,
1: I didn't realize that. Um, so he, he was, what What are some of these lessons? Just watching how they how they dealt with the, the client, The client and the,
0: and the subject and, you know, their, their approach to the whole thing. What you don't see as an assistant, though, is, you know, sometimes you would work with a photographer and you think, all they do is take the picture. I'm the one that lit the set. I'm the one that did everything. And they just walk up and they take the picture and they just push the shutter down but it's that's ignorance as an assist as I was as an assistant sometimes where I didn't realize the the work that went into and the creativity that went into before the shoot everything they put they put everything together and it was already done you know they they already did their work yeah and then they walk on set and it, it can appear to be that way like sometimes i just walk in the studio and the camera's there and there's my subject and i'll take the picture but i painstakingly went through you know the clothing beforehand. I knew what clothes they were going to be wearing. I knew what, this, what sets we were going to use. What color the backgrounds were. I knew the film that I was using. Where they already you know already discussed lighting diagrams with somebody else of what the light is going to be like. So all these things that not everyone always knows. You know what I had already prepared for, but and it just appears that I'm just walking. So you're just walking in, yeah. But I'm doing my. You know, I spent sometimes I'll spend 20 hours in production, pre-production before I do the shoot, and then the shoot takes. Half hour.
1: Yeah. That's very similar to my business. Right. I mean, all the, the, I would say the actual acting is like the joy that you get to do, you know, exactly. but, but it's, it's putting up with, well, it's not putting up with, because actually the, the preparation is, um, on the, on the right jobs, especially the preparation is a lot of fun, you know, when you're, when you're really, um, yeah. For me, you know, people will say like, "Oh, how do you memorize lines?" You go, "Well, it's not really just memorizing lines." You know, hopefully it's not that. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's, there's right. a lot that more that's going into it. So that it, when it, when you when you do show up, it feels like it's seamless, but right. it, you know, it's not it's not just like you just but pop up and
0: People like me when I see an actor doing a long monologue, I'm like, "How do they memorize those lines?" It just It's I so can't, funny. I can't, everybody it blows me away. That's I the number even,
1: one question is, that anybody who's not an actor will ask, and I always say well, what do you do for a living? And then they'll say, you know, I'm a photographer. I'm like, well, well, how do you know how to operate that camera? Exactly. You know, how do you know how to light it properly? It's like, that's what you do. That's that's the training you've had. That's it's the an, experience that's you've the had. But um, I was going to say, you know, share a story with everybody because uh, it's easy to sit in an interview and answer questions like, you know, by saying things like, well, I just want to do, what i love and you know it sounds great in an interview um i can personally testify that you actually live this because when i had when i was about to launch this podcast that's that's actually when i discovered uh i mean how shameless am i i just discovered you were a photographer and i'm like hey can yeah, you uh, help sure. me out with this thing but you you really i told you about this podcast you were so encouraging and I said, "Yeah, I'm trying to think for the the cover art. I want to do something. I got a friend from college who's like, uh, you know, a a artist, and he's going to do maybe some cartoon for me. And this is the idea. It's called Ten Thousand Nose. I explained it to you, and you just you were like completely like a dog with a bone. Like (laughs) I, I I don't even know if I actually originally asked." You know, like reached out to you. I think we started talking. You're like, well, what about this? What about that? And you right. started riffing. And I said, well, I have this idea of ten thousand no's And you came up with this incredible thing. Which after the interview, or maybe like prior to the interview, I'll post this picture that you took, which was so cool. And the only reason I ended up not using it because my friend who has kind of been, you know, mentoring me with the with the podcast mm-hmm. was like. That's a really cool picture. I love what you're, how you're describing what it is. But it's so esoteric. It's like I don't know if that's gonna, right. if that's necessarily gonna like and that happens, draw people sure. in when they're looking at a thumbnail. So I ended up doing this exactly. uh, like more of just me with a microphone. But what you did was we talked about ten thousand nos, and I said I want to have all these nos and then a yes, and I was going to like, I was going to write them on my. I didn't know how right. I was going to do it, and you came up with the idea of the. Overhead projector,
0: projecting it on your face,
1: projecting it on my face, and then we went and we got a project. I mean, we we really we did like a test run, yep. yep. And then I came back and we actually did the shoot. You you picked it, then you then you worked on it, and this was all. Here's a guy who who's very busy. He's got a family, and he's got an incredible career. And you know, someone who you know we're not best friends. We. I've hung out, you know, or like getting to be friends and you just kind of like, I was so impressed with your, your spirit of, as an artist, that you were just like, I love this. I think this is cool. I want to help out. And, and it was really cool. I I felt bad that we didn't end up not using it, but it'll be used in.
0: Oh my God. It'll be used different places. It'll go
1: down in the annals of history. I
0: I can't tell you (laughs) how many times I've, I've taken pictures where you know the artwork isn't used in the way that you intended it to be used or people where for that matter you think you're getting hired to do some to do something as you know and the you get the quote you get the quoted oh we just the client decided to go in a different creative direction yeah <laughs> you get that in acting oh i God, get that dude. in uh, oh. photography all the time where like you spend all these time all this time bidding and numbers and throwing imagery at them and trying to get the job and you think you're going to have it it comes down to you and one, one other person and then you don't hear from them for a day or two and then when you were supposed to hear just the same same scenarios yeah. and then and then you get the email the dreaded email that says the client decided to go in a different creative direction i'm like oh my god oh yeah Yeah, and then the person they pick is like exactly like you (laughs) in in stylistically i love it when i don't get the job and they actually do go in a creative direction and they hire a photographer that's completely different from me like right now i'm I'm doing a job which i'm not going to get because they're saying i need to shoot with colored gels on people's faces for some beauty thing and I, originally it was just beauty and it was just a, a celebrity. I'm like right up my alley, got it done. And then they're like, Oh, we're not sure about, he doesn't really shoot gels on people's face. You know, the gels meaning color on yeah. people's faces. And I'm like, well, all I have to do is put a colored gel on a light and I can, it's really not that hard to do. I just don't aesthetically do that. Yeah. It's not appealing to me, but I can do it. But then this person needs to see that The the, the clients need to see, can he do that? And if I don't have it, Oh, I'm not going to get it. So yeah. it it's so, it happens like, people take things literally all the time. But yeah, you can't I mean, you can't take it to heart. This is, the,
1: this is the same thing for I mean, uh-huh. like the beard right now I have I've grown this beard it's like you go in and they're like well they need to see you clean shave. Well no, you just go get my real and you I look, look like. at it and exactly. you see what I look like when I'm clean shaven. But this this is I'm just laughing when you're saying that they you know they they run you through, you know, this is literally today. Uh Hi Matt, casting really thought you were great. <laughs> Using the words "so good" and "so lovely," but it doesn't look like this one will be going your way. <laughs> right now, they envision a bit of a different type, but they do say they may reevaluate. So we'll check in periodically okay. with them. You know, it's so just like here we go. It's just it's amazing. You know, it's <laughs> oh amazing. My God. But what I have found, you know, what's been actually really liberating about this podcast is that you you start to talk to people in all different fields, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you realize Rejection. you know what? everybody's Rejection. dealing. It doesn't matter sure. if you're in a if you're in a competitive field. Mm-hmm this is the deal. So, you know,
0: I wish I could invent a pill that I could take so I wouldn't count my chickens before they're hatched (laughs) because no matter what, you still do it. Like you still, you're up for something and you think you're going to get it and you know, don't get, don't, you know, I don't have it yet. It's not signed yet. And I still go ahead and think what it's going to be like if I had that. And I try not to get disappointed when it doesn't come through and I mean, for, for how many years I've been doing this, I still sometimes get affected by it. I, it's hard not to be. Yeah. And yeah, it does make you stronger, but uh, I still go through it all the time. Being an independent contractor is, you know, thank God I have a, a wonderful wife that I, you know, but It's yeah. not the easiest job in the world, is it? I agree. It's no. Not, no. It's uh It's tough.
1: It's I think that I think the highs are higher, the lows are lower probably.
0: Oh yeah. Is what I would oh, say yeah. because have, yeah, when yeah. it when it all
1: clicks, it's awesome, but Nothing. when, you know, when it <laughs> when it's, So, when it's not clicking, it's rough.
0: Here's my time to give you my philosophy on being an independent contractor and my whole thing about being an artist or photographer okay. or an actor. I tell people, and I believe, and I follow this, it's about timing, tenacity, and talent in that order. Have you ever heard that? Timing, tenacity, Tenacity and talent. talent. So obviously you have to have the talent to be able to do something. Like you have the talent. Anyone, you can take a great picture, you you know, and you have the, um, you got to keep the tenacity. You have to constantly persist to get that job persistent because you're waiting for the timing for that luck to happen, that you get that job. Like in my field, I would – Pursue a client, like I would literally target somebody so specifically when I first started my career. Like, I want to shoot a Banana Republic campaign, is what I said. So I literally went to all the models that were shot for Banana Republic through the modeling agencies and I reshot them in my way. I would find these people and I would do test shoots with these models. I was lucky enough that I could get in there and do that, but I was persistent to get into the modeling agencies, and I'd reshoot them. I'd shoot them constantly. And then every week I'd send a contact sheet of what I shot to the creative director of Banana Republic in San Francisco. Every week. Every week, because my friend worked at, in the building, and she said she can get an envelope on his desk. So for like every, I think for, I mean, it must have been every week for months and months and months, I'd send a shoot to this guy. And one day I got a phone call. From Banana Republic saying, Hi Jeff, it's onching. Um listen, um, we have a spring campaign we want to do with you. We're gonna come down to Malibu and do a three day shoot. How's that sound? I'm like, uh, oh my god. Wow. And I was still assisting at the time, but I had gotten this job because I was so I was like, I I waited I've waited for it. And ultimately did I I did not get hired again to do another one of those because they had moved on. Um and it was a fantastic shoot. It was my best shoots ever. Really? It was my best shoot ever. It was one of my best shoots ever. But um, To to this day. To this, one of my greatest shoots, yeah. And that being said, um, whenever I get a new opportunity for a job, you have to hit it out of the park, no matter what. Like, you have to be, it has to be so good so that they use you again. That's your one shot, your one opportunity to get that job. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll never get it because there's... Thirty thousand other people behind you. If you don't do the best job possible, there's someone behind you, right, waiting to get it. And I still feel that way. Let's say I've done a a magazine covers for one magazine, one publication alone. I've done thirty covers for. But I have this feeling: if I do a bad job on this cover, I'm done. Yeah, and that's the monkey that you have on your back every photo shoot. Yeah, and that's what makes you try hard every time. You don't get you know, you can't get lazy. I try to be. The best you can be every time, so when I turn in a job after I turn it in, whether it's to it for an advertising client or an editorial client or whoever, I always say, "Did I do the best job I can? Yeah, did I do the best job possible for myself, and if I feel like I did the best job I possibly could, I'm good with it, you know, and yeah. I've handed in in my career one or two bad jobs to the wrong people, like the dream publication I've waited my whole life for. I had a bad. I did a bad job on. Why? It wasn't necessarily it because things made, went. It was it didn't yeah. Go it was, well It did not go prep? well. It was not prep well. It was. Um, they were asking for all these things that could not have happened, and I realized that as soon as I was on the shoot, I waited my whole life for this one client, and I handed in a bad shoot. It was not my. I did the. But I said, did I do the best? Did I do the best job I could have? Like under the circumstances, I literally felt that I tried my hardest and i was okay with it yeah because i did the best i could if i felt like i slacked or i was lazy then yeah. I would, um then i would have felt bad but i i truly tried the hardest i could to take the best pictures i possibly could under the circumstances that i had and it didn't turn out i was okay with it yeah that
1: is what it is that's i was life. okay
0: i was okay with it and lo and behold that has come around i've gotten that client and i shoot for them all the time now
1: oh you do well, okay. I was going to ask you uh, two things. I want to get to the editorial versus... Um, uh, uh, like, adver- like, yeah, like, advertising. Adver- sure. You know, advertising. I
0: think that's a big thing.
1: But I wanted to ask you, so that Banana Republic that you really went after, mm-hmm. and then you did it, and you said it was one of your best shoots, even, even oh, now yeah. that stands, mm-hmm. but it didn't... You said it went away. It didn't parlay. So... Let's talk about that how do you um how do you pick yourself up and move on when in that case you did all of the persisting you dealt with it mm-hmm. you waited you prepared you you know a really long time very targeted you went out and got all yep. these people you get the gig not only do you get the gig you knock it out of the park yep, yep. and then nothing I, after that I mean how do you yes. so how do you walk okay. away
0: so or did i'm sure it led to other things it led to other things so anything i do it's all about getting good imagery like i was able to use that imagery to get to parlay that to other jobs i was able to cultivate relationships with people that were on that job so there's other things that come from it i think I, at the time i was too young i was too inexperienced to have a job that big i like pulled it i pulled it off but i really didn't have i was a rookie I was an auto rookie. Um, I'm not sure. Do you think that
1: they thought like, oh, he did it. We got lucky. He got this, but he's not going to be able to turn this stuff out consistently Mm -hmm. for us. I've never really
0: ever given it that much thought about why I didn't get hired again with that particular client. But at the same time, since then I have done many clients like that, hundreds Mm -hmm. of them in that same vein. Like I've turned that experience into a learning experience and I've, I'm able to still shoot, you know, in a still familiar way that I shoot today. I mean, I'm still, um, I still have a certain aesthetic and I don't want to get too much into style and stuff like that, but in photography, if you don't adapt with the times, you can kind of fizzle out and become dated. And the trick is to become, to shoot who you are, what how you like to shoot, but yet to keep up with speed of what's going on currently. Yeah. You know, you don't want like you can look at a photograph in the eighties and that was shot in the eighties. Yeah. Not just by looking at the clothing, but just how it was lit. Do you think the average person could do that or Uh, some people can. Some people can. But you know, you don't want to become that person and you have you want to have longevity in a career and you don't want to look at something I can look at my own work and not submit it for in a portfolio because it looks dated. Not because Leonardo DiCaprio looks like he's 12 years old. Right. You, know, where, you know, when you're shooting actors or actresses, it's a giveaway when you show them a picture when, you know, yeah. an actor is, God, they look really good. They Bridges look so young. God, Jeff, you know, out of <laughs> Jeff when he was in, a, you know, Starman. <laughs> yeah. I was, no, I was not shooting. When I, I, no, I when But uh, you have to be careful. So stylistically, you're always trying to, you know, move, progress forward. And, and stay progressive in your, in your look, but still stay true to who you are. Yeah. And I've always been that person who wants to be that low flame that burns forever or a long time than like that big torch that's going to go out really quick. Because I know photographers that had all these gizmos and giz, gadgets and da-da-da-da that became so hot for, you know, for those few years and then just go away. And I knew that I only wanted to, I wanted to shoot until I died, basically, because that's how it is. Like photographers usually, you never hear of a photographer retiring. You, you know, they usually, something happens to them. <laughs> <laughs> they pass away and they stop shooting. If something happens you know, I mean yeah But I always, I knew that I've always, I just want to shoot until I, I can't physically shoot anymore.
1: Yeah. And yeah. That's
0: my, my thing. I mean, so,
1: that's a nice, that's so a I nice aspect of that, of that career. Try to stay
0: true to who I am as a, a, a photographer and stylistically anyway.
1: Yeah. And, and do you have, um, it doesn't sound like it, but do you have any aspirations to, uh ever shoot films
0: oh yeah of course not films well part of you know we're coincidentally we're talking about stylistically you have to move and you have to change with the times yeah well part of that is if you as a photographer today if you do not shoot motion you cannot become a photographer it's so rare like every every shoot i do now i have to shoot motion alongside in some way or another
1: when you say motion, you motion. mean capturing, capturing someone doing something physical, or do you mean like motion, like video, video. or real? video? So what do you? You like? have to shoot you. Um, so you do like a video component. There has to, all to your be. Shoots? You
0: have to be able to be able to do a video component because um, what what everyone's demanding. All clients. I've lost jobs, but I won't. You know, where they're like, well, let's see your reel too because you're doing a job and then they want you to direct the commercial or they they're looking for both. Huh. So you have to be able to do both. Period. So have
1: you gone and kind of trained or on the side shot things I, just to start to sure. like, do your own little yeah. school? I, I mean I, like, I, I, I are was always like a homeschooled guy. I was
0: always extremely intimidated because I uh, the first time I did my own first motion I did was on a uh, vitamin water campaign with um Carrie Underwood and they asked me to do some of the on air stuff. And I was like, no problem. No problem at all. Like, I got this. Like, you <laughs> know, I already had enough to like show that I could do something. And here I am on set. And uh, I'm like, and I had a I had a great DP. And the stills part, which was a very big part of the job, kind of became sidelined because motion takes over. You know, this film takes over. And um, I remember feeling extremely uncomfortable saying action. <laughs> like, is that what I'm a, am I supposed to say? Action? Action? Like I felt like a cliche yeah. of saying background, okay, everyone, action, and I felt so weird saying it. I had a hard, I was like, I don't know if I can say it. I don't know if I can do. It. I don't know if I can say. It. It's this little thing. Okay, Carrie, I need you to. But now I know that yeah. was years ago. Now I have confidence, so now I feel good about saying saying action. That's so funny. That's great.
1: Um, what now? We we I was saying I want to ask you about this. So we've talked about this before. The. Difference between editorial and commercial. Yeah, um, you know, shooting for advertising sure. versus shooting for editorial would be what the cover of Vanity Fair, the, right? The-
0: Vanity Fair, shooting for a publication. Um, basically, shooting a subject. You're hired to shoot a subject matter for publication, versus um, shooting something f- uh, for an ad. And the big difference is usually when you shoot for an editorial you have a more creative leeway where the magazine will say, this is what you kind of need to do. We're looking for something like this and you're, you got it and you go do the shoot. And usually the client's there with you. But when you shoot advertising and, and editorially wise, as far as money goes, and I hate talking about money, there really isn't any money when you shoot for a magazine. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be about money. It's actually about taking beautiful pictures and having something to show in your portfolio. And that's why, you know, the access that I have to a lot of the celebrity and a lot of the people that I shoot through through Vanity Fair, through all these magazines, helps me build a portfolio so that I can get the advertising jobs. Yeah. And some of the advertising jobs that I would probably, that I'm up for, that I get are the entertainment advertising jobs, like movie posters, advertisement for television shows, celebrity endorsements that you see in the magazines. But also, you know, being a photographer, I just don't do uh, celebrity, which, you know, you get pigeonholed into doing that. Yeah. I'm also a, a, a lifestyle photographer. So I'll do, as far as advertising goes, I'll do like lifestyle brand campaigns. You know, I'll get hired to shoot a bunch of kids in a bar, Jim Beam, you know, I'll do Jim Beam. And, you know, I'll do um, like swimwear brands like Roxy and things like that where it's, you know, um, true lifestyle, like real moments, real actual fun moments, yeah. With models, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and selling a brand, real moments right. with people
1: that don't but, look real. But uh,
0: there, you're you're severely compromising. You're working with a client. You're working the ad agencies. You're, there's a lot of money at stake, and you're you know the whole goal is to collaborate and get the best. You know, making sure your client is happy with what you know, are they getting, what they need. Right. And my whole thing is, are you getting what you need? Can you use this material? And then when I feel like they're starting to get, they get what they need. And then as a creative. And being the person I love to be, then you can push it and go even further, and that's where it becomes fun. Like, okay, well, we got it. Let's go for something even more. Let's let's try to go. Let's go way out there, and like, let's try something that you never wouldn't, wouldn't have tried, and maybe you'll use it too. Yeah, you know, that's where that part comes in. That becomes fun. But it's really making sure you're. You know, people are paying a lot of money, and they're paying for you. Hopefully, they're hope. Hopefully, they're paying you to do what you do. Yeah, you know, and then you get to do it. But sometimes you do a job and you're hired and it's nothing how you shoot yeah. and you still have to be able to do it. <clears throat> well, that's where you and
1: I, I think, bonded on that. We were talking about that difference. You know, it's, you know, you could go as an actor, you can go do an independent film and, and make no money, but it's a really oh, yeah. interesting project and it's maybe it's experimental. It's an interesting character, whatever it might be. Um and then, but you're making nothing, you know, you're almost yeah, sometimes but... losing money to do it. And then, uh, and then you can go get a job that you're getting paid uh, a lot more for. Yeah. And, and sometimes you get lucky and you get, you know, both wrapped in one, which that's is so which rare, is, oh my which gosh. is so great. Those are the highlights, that's you know, it, where you get paid it. and you get to do what you want. Oh my God.
0: Want. That would be, that's the dream. Yeah. That's the dream. But I just, listen, I take, I usually never say, I never, I don't say no enough when Yeah. I, when I, pick and choose jobs. That's the thing. Like a job comes in, you're like, well, should I take it or not? And there's always so many reasons to take it. I mean, it sounds horrible. Like how could you say no to a job? But believe it or not, if I start saying yes to the, some of these jobs, like um, let's say I have no desire to shoot, you know, someone working out with like a gym workout. Let's just say I had to do a shoot that way. I'll do a shoot. Once in a while, you have to do something like that. And let's say you start saying yes to a lot of those. Suddenly, you're the only, you're all that you will get hired to do is that is the guy that does gym workouts. Like, I never wanted to be that guy. Yeah. You know, like, or for a while, I was only shooting the young star, young starlets for Esquire, right? That was my thing. Make them look sex, tasteful, sexy, young starlet, Esquire actress coming up um, in a beautiful, in a beautiful way. And, I did that for years, and then suddenly they they said, "Oh, can you shoot um, William H Macy and a couple of actors?" I said, sure I could shoot them, and then I will never shot an actress again for them. Only actors, huh. you know. And then suddenly you become that guy that shoots only yeah. actors, not actresses. Where sometimes you shoot, it's it's so bizarre. Well, so it, you yeah. take on these, you start whatever you start shooting. That's who you are, it's and then it's hard a, to get out of it. It's, 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 a,
1: it's a really like uh, a character. it's a very parallel universe you're running in because that's the same thing that. All of my friends talk about, you know, if you if you do whatever you've done, they're like, oh, that's what that's what he does. Exactly. They'll put you in the smallest box they can put you in, you know, unless you do something to defy that. You, you have to willfully and consciously mm-hmm. kind of like defy the thing that's the, like the, the lowest common denominator for what you are. Like what, you know, Jeff Lipsky is blah, 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 whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be at that particular time. You have to consciously kind of like break that mold, I think. Constantly. Um, it's and so and tough. I feel the same way, you know, as, as an actor, it's the same, it's the same thing where you, you can get pigeonholed into playing the same kinds of things over and over or doing the same kinds of shows. And so um it's nice when you can break out of that sometimes.
0: It's hard. I mean, I know that I sometimes won't get hired to do an advertising campaign I won't even be I won't even be in the running for it because they see me as, as a celebrity photographer, or I won't get. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I have half my portfolio is is advertising and not celebrity. Yeah. But, you know, someone sees something first. That's who you are. It's so, it's tough. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it can be. It can be quite frustrating. But the whole the underlining thing is, you know, I'm always when I'm behind my camera and no matter what I'm shooting, I'm always excited about it. Yeah you know yeah every time i'm like i literally like whistle to work if i'm shooting yeah and it's just the opposite if i'm not shooting something (laughs) i am a monster
1: let me ask you then okay because i was just (laughs) a monster perfect segue i was going to say how has having kids affected you and what you do and um you know, in in any way, I don't. I don't know. Someone was yeah. asking me this recently, and I'm wondering for you as a photographer, what like how does that impact mm. your work, or or maybe the
0: business side of it? Maybe yeah. you're not as available to people because you know. You know uh, it comes down to you want your family first, so you become a little bit more. I hate to use the word desperate, but you're you start ta- you start taking advantage of uh, you start taking saying yes to more opportunities so that you can, you know, provide for your family. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, it's hard to say I want to be a, yes, if I was a starving, if I went back to being a starving artist, my creativity would probably go way up. I'd probably, you know, produce a a great work. But at the same time, I can't do that. I have to, I want to, I want to provide. I get joy from seeing food on the table and, and giving, to my family, and so I am taking on projects that um I guess I wouldn't normally have taken before my family yeah you know but um again I'm still enjoying what I'm doing I'm just you know I'm really trying to uh, I'm also high I'm more, much more motivated than I was yeah so that definitely has a motivation factor of like you know it's not just me you know it, we're, you know it's my wife and my kids and I just want to make sure that You know, they're happy. If they're happy, I am happy. Seeing them happy makes me feel good. Therefore, I want to take, you know, any job I can to do it.
1: Yeah. You know, is it a
0: little bit of sacrifice? Maybe, but it's doesn't even, it's not, you know, it's pointless.
1: Yeah. And what about like your relationship to the actual work? Like has has having kids, uh, is it just like a completely compartmentalized Mm -hmm. thing? Or do you think like having Mm -hmm. kids changes your view of
0: well, the art form in any way or... I mean, something that's really important, and I didn't discuss this earlier, is one of the reasons why I moved away from Telluride and the main reason why I moved to LA and I picked photography because I knew that if I love something, it's I, I knew it was the only thing that I could be successful at. I truly knew. Like, I, I don't know if I can do anything else and be successful enough to have a family. And I moved to LA knowing, you know, I was in my mid 30s and um, I was not a spring, ch- you know, I was not a youngster. I had spent, you know, all my 20s in Tigeride. And, you know, here I am, I'm, mid- I'm 33 moving to LA and tr- becoming an assistant. And most of the photographers I assisted were my age. Oh, really? A lot of them were. So, you had so here to kind I am, of like, I'm put your like, ego aside. Sure, of course. But I, I became a chose photography because I knew it was a path for me to become. You know, a I loved it, but also I knew I could become successful at it. Therefore, I could have a family. So really, it's come to, I am. I have fulfilled my dream of having a family because of photography. So now that I have my family, you know I. It's photography is a way to, you know, to, you know, to help feed my family. Yeah. But it's really, that was a, you know, to me having kids, like becoming a photographer was, that's why I have children. Yeah. that
1: way. That's allowed you
0: it's to. It's allowed me to have my family. Because I, I didn't want to be um, um, a waiter and a fly fisherman raising a family. If I, you know, knowing that I could do something else. Yeah, you know, I could, of course. I mean, I've. But I wanted, I think I just wanted to be able to, to control my life more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do you take a bunch of pictures
1: of, of y- your kids around? Didn't uh, you, did, yeah. Was there
0: something that you did that was like With a prep- related to a job that was? It's possible. Yeah, I shoot my kids once in a while. I just did a UniGlo commercial. And I shot a print campaign with my kids. Yeah, was it like a jeans or something? Oh, and I did a DSW ad with my kids. They got asked to be in it, which was so much fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. And literally shot that around the house. I shot that around the house.
1: That's cool. And and in general, do you do a lot of like? Are you taking pictures of the kids all the time when you're not as much as you would think? Yeah, yeah, no. no, (laughs) I I, I actually find it so hard to take
0: pictures of my own kids. I'm like. I try I train them to be good models, but it is so hard. And, you know, one of those things as a photographer, you're always asked to take the picture. I mean, the pressure for our holiday card every year is yeah. crazy. This year it was a selfie. <laughs> was it? That's good. Yeah. I actually, I, I am
1: not a photographer at all, but I am the guy in charge of our, our uh, holiday card. And we go down to the beach. Right. The same spot on oh, the beach sure. every, every year and do the same
0: thing. Um, I, and I also have a hard time saying no. I, I literally have... So many friends that ask me to do holiday cards. Oh, really? And, and I mean, and I do. I do. So that could many. be a whole sideline business. I mean, I mean you, you can't can, not you say can... no. I mean, I'm in my kids' classroom taking the kid, you know, the class portrait. Sometimes, like how many mm-hmm. times I've taken the kids' portraits at elementary school because oh, the yeah, teacher they, asked me. What am I gonna do? Say port- no.
1: Well, here's your you know, Holly and I have been
0: <laughs> scheming about like when we've been doing this uh, Sunday
1: morning surf club. We're oh, like, yeah, we're like we need some pictures, and then we're like. We got to get Lipsky down
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone needs a photographer on their on their. Uh, you'll have to be in, able in to their group. really
1: capture motion with me because you'll see me like you know, uh, head over heels
0: coming off the board. Let me tell you, that's actually sparked a little idea of, of mine to say that I would shoot that if I went down in the early morning or whenever. You, when are you do in the afternoon? We
1: do it. No, we do it in the morning. Okay. Uh, Sunday
0: mornings, like okay. uh, Sunday you know, nine. mornings. I'm going to be there because shooting kids with dads with kids with surfboards on the beach teaching group that right there uh-uh. that, is, that is as good as it gets look at this like, ollie that's I think. if you're listening I mean, I ollie,
1: uh, we, i've just secured us a that's uh, it a,
0: a, a team done photographer. done, done. <laughs> and my, my mind works that way where i'm like oh my gosh that's a great opportunity i shot ollie and his son oh you did personal project yeah that's great ollie and sammy or more and sammy yeah uh, but um you know, you're always recruiting friends. I'm always recruiting friends and family to do to do shoots. And if you look at a lot of successful photographers, um some of the photographers that I admire, you see you look at their portfolios and half of it's like, Oh, that's your kids, you know. Yeah. I mean, look at Sally Mann, she shot she's a famous artist, you know, her portfolio is her kids. Yeah. You know, everyone has their muse. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't choose my children as much as I should though.
1: Yeah, well, I I, under, I understand. You know, you, know, you have I I, I it's part of get it. the camera. I always. get it. It's not shocking actually. <laughs> um well listen, any anything else we did I miss? I feel like uh no. and we've got the whole all oh, your Venice years, but I don't think I think that's a whole other episode. Oh my God. Unto itself. That's a whole other
0: episode. <laughs> <laughs> Venice um, years.
1: Um but uh really thank you so much. I mean, if you have a, you you drop so much knowledge in kind of a little um in it, these kind of uh,
0: I feel like the overwhelming thing uh, that you you put out there, the, the, what was it? The three T's? T- timing, tena- timing, tenacity, and talent. Oh, there's know, one more I- thing that I've, I mean, if you're talking about being successful and loving what you do and the corniest thing ever, but if you believe in yourself, you believe that you can do something and you have others around you that believe in it too, you know, you have a support system and which makes it a lot easier. You know, I had no doubt that I was going to become a photographer yeah. But, you know, I had a strong support base of, of my parents having no doubt that I was going to become a photographer. I mean, I starved. I played rent with nickels. Yeah. But I knew that I was going to be able to do it. And you know, that was believing in yourself is ultimately the most important thing.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's beautifully put. And um, I really appreciate you sitting down with me. I My know pleasure. you're a busy dude. Where, where are you off to next? What's the next
0: um, shoot you got? Something I have, when does this
1: air? I can't tell. To... <laughs> oh, that's right.
0: Yeah. When... <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I don't know when this airs. I can't airs. say
0: that's the hard part. I, I can't I don't disclose know. sometimes um, until it comes out. Yeah. We'll have good stuff coming out. And good t- out.
1: Oh, okay. And actually, where can people follow you? Because you have an, uh, he's got an unbelievable Instagram. I mean, you I, put us I, to shame. Your Instagram. No, no, no get, what, what is it? @JeffLipsky? At Jeff
0: Lipsky? Jeff Lipsky. And, um, you know, it's all about showing work, showing who you are as a person, showing family, mixing it up, having fun, you know, not, yeah. being, not taking things too seriously. Yeah. That's what it's all about.
1: Well, follow Jeff at Jeff Lipsky on Instagram. I'm sure you're going to be seeing great pictures of uh, surf clubs. <laughs> um, and uh, really, thank you very much for you
0: being here, it. man. I, I really appreciate yeah. it. Always.
1: Thanks again for listening to 10,000 Notes. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, please do. So each week's episode is automatically downloaded to your computer or phone. And if you like what you heard, please help us get the word out by sharing it with your friends and family. We'll see you next week. Thanks.